What is up, everyone? It is your host, once again, Aaron Kiernos with the main man, Christian Tercius. How you doing, bro? Good, buddy. You know, always doing well. How are you? Um, doing good. Freaking just always tired from school, but hey, <laughs> I'm still putting out these episodes for the podcast for everyone. So, yeah, you know, follow the Instagram page already with the promos and all that. Yes, so, sir. Yes. So, um, this week is international break. So, Thursday is going to be a special episode. Stay in tune. Listen to the episode. The episode is actually going to be really interesting. We're going to talk about a lot of different stuff. And yeah, it's going to be a special. So keep on the watch for that. But we're not here to talk about specials in the future. We're here to talk about what happened <laughs> on the weekend. And let's just dive into it. So this week was FA Cup weekend. And we forgot to do our predictions for it. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of interesting to see these games this week. But yeah. I'm glad so, I didn't predict because I probably would have got them wrong. Probably, because these games were definitely, well, at least I would have gotten at least, at least one. At least one. Yeah. But the first game that happened was Manche- was Everton versus Manchester City. Man City winning 2-0. It just looked like Man City dominated this entire game. Mm-hmm. Holding 75% possession, 15 shots, 6 on target. With Everton only having 25% possession. I've never seen a team, <laughs> a Premier 25. League team, with 25% possession. Especially at the caliber that Everton is at. Right. How the hell do you only have 25% possession throughout the entire game? It feels like a relegation team, you know, more than understanding. But, geez, you know, a team that's in the top half of the table only, you know, being held to 25% possession. I think it just shows how good Man City is. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're just Man City to dominate this game. Uh, goal from big boy Ilkay Gundogan again with his 16th goal of the season. And Kevin De Bruyne having one at the very end. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just clinical performance. Everton really didn't have many chances besides maybe two. Like yeah. the two shots on target they had. Other than that, Man City just looked clinical. They had. It just makes you question because Man City had so many chances. Like Raheem Sterling and Foden, they had chances and they just couldn't capitalize. Um yeah, what do you think about Raheem Sterling missing like a couple sitters? Um, it's just typical Raheem Sterling, to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> I think uh, City looks better with Sterling not on the pitch, honestly, um, and being able to use you know players like Bernardo Silva, Mares, Gundogan, and uh, you know Phil Foden as well. Uh, I think whenever Phil Foden plays in for for Sterling, he does a great job. But but yeah, uh, just typical Raheem Sterling. You know, it happens. To him a lot. It happened to him last year in the Champions League. It's one of the reasons why they got knocked out by Lyon. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. He literally missed it. Even though it was a good save by the keeper, he missed one that hit, you know, fingertip save off the outside of the post, yeah. But, you know, he, I don't know why he always misses easy sitters. He goes for, he makes stuff so difficult for himself. Right. He, he makes, he, he scores the harder, like the harder goals, and he misses the, the easy ones, which is kind of weird, but... You know. I mean, he's a winger, so it's like, I don't know. But that's just me. Traditionally, you would finish those. But, yeah, Phil Foden had a couple misses in that game, too. But he just looked, whenever they have Phil Foden's in the lineup, they just look more dynamic. Yeah. They just look like a better team whenever he's playing that center forward role. Right. He's just so, because as a center back, you would have to, you know, he's such a first-out player. He can play on the wing. He can play a set yeah, He can play striker. So it's like. Everywhere he goes, you have to mark him. And right. It's just a pain to deal with, and mm-hmm. he's annoying. Yeah, especially you know, as as whenever playing center back too, when you have a player that's constantly checking in to receive the ball, you know, someone's gonna have to be on his back, and then that gives the the two center halves you know a hard time, you know, thinking should I go up and press them, should I just sit back and hold my line? So whenever he plays that role, he does a good job. You know, 
even when he comes in and he plays for 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 Gabriel Jesus, he does he does well. And you know, he's only what like 20, 21 or something. Twenty, I think he's twenty. Twenty, yeah. So he's got a bright future ahead of him. So dude's yeah. just an absolute baller, absolute G. We freaking predicted this at the beginning of a podcast. Freaking ball, ball, young ballers of the of the year, Phil yeah. Phil Foden being one of them. So yeah, Man City just nominated this game onto the FA Cup semifinals for them yeah. in Wembley. In Wembley. So onto the next game. Which is a little bit of a shocker. I was not expecting this. Oh, yeah. Leicester City versus Manchester United. Yeah. Leicester winning three to one. Killed them. Killed them. And Leicester only having forty eight percent possession, eleven shots, five on target. United have fifty two percent possession, nine shots, five on target. Even though the stats seem pretty even, Leicester absolutely destroyed. If you watch the game, Leicester destroyed United. Yeah. It wasn't even close. Right. United really didn't have many chances during this entire game, and it was just, you know, Leicester just. Picking them apart. Right. And no Bruno Fernandes this game either. Uh, so that made things difficult for Man United. You know, as a player that gives them a lot of uh, you know opportunities, whether on set piece or in the final third or slipping in a through ball for someone. You know, they didn't have him. They played Donny van de Beek. He had the great dummy for their goal, but, you know, it just didn't look the same. Especially when you have a player like Donny van de Beek who hardly ever plays and expect him to perform in such a big game. It's It's pretty tough, so... Um, just sucks for Man United that they're you know this is another trophy that they can't win exactly so, exactly. I yeah. think now they're down to what Europa League so yeah so it's crazy because you know the first goal that United allowed was off a mistake from Fred yeah giving it directly to <laughs> trying to give it back to Literally Henderson goodness. and Anacho just Anacho. went to, just took it two touch around right. the keeper and tap in and clutching Anacho actually doing pretty well scoring seventh goals in four games yeah. from Kalechi Iheanacho. I never thought I'd be saying that sentence ever. That's your boy, man. <laughs> Big boy Kalechi Iheanacho. I always give him some hate, but hey, he's been playing good recently. Yeah, he said, let me show Aaron, uh, Aaron Kiernos what's up. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, you heard all this stuff I was talking about him, and he was just like, let me just show you up. But yeah, <laughs> um, on Tillemans' goal, no one pressed him. No one pressed no him. No one pressed Tillemans. He was literally just driving from the midfield, ran 25, 30 yards, and just banged one in the bottom corner. Mm-hmm. And it just... I want to ask, how does this look on Ole Gunnar Sunshard in his tender so far? This, at least oh. for this season, do you consider this like a fail season, or you know, is he on the seat, hot seat, or what's going uh, on with the United's manager managerial situation? I don't think so. I don't think it will be in the hot seat. Um, I think ultimately it depends on how it ends for them in Europa League too. But I think they can make it far in that as well. Um, you know, Premier League sitting second in the table. So they don't look, you know, that, that's when when they're when they're up against a team like Man City, who just completely dominated. Yeah, they were first for a while, but you know, when you when you put them on paper, even though they did just beat them a few weeks ago, Man City is a way better team than them. Um, I just think there's a few things that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gets wrong, just like this one. I think he came into this game with uh, with the wrong strategy, and he clearly showed. He got clapped by Man United. I mean, excuse me, Lesser. So I don't think he'll be in the hot seat though. I think they'll they'll. I'm pretty sure he's going to sign a, a renewal of his contract at the end of the season. Um, but then, yeah, I think we'll go from there. Um, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere this year. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, um, yeah, I think he just got his strategy wrong on this game. Completely wrong. Um, shouldn't have taken Leicester as lightly as I think he did. Right. I mean, Leicester's third. They're right behind you. You can't take him lightly in the right. prem. But, you know, it just shows without... Bruno Fernandez, it just shows the lack of creativity mm-hmm. up top. Yeah. Because besides, you know, that one attack they had when Wesley scored, Mason Greenwood scored, 
what else did they do that entire game? Yeah, absolutely nothing, really. Exactly. So it's just like there's no attacking presence. They had Marshall up top. He did nothing. Greenwood did, besides the one goal, did nothing. Right. Donnie Van de Beek, they paid, what, $60 million for? Yeah. Barely starts. So it just makes you question some of the managerial decisions that he's made this season. Man, you can tell, you know, Donnie Van de Beek's confidence is low in the way that he plays. Um, at least now, you know, if you looked at him a couple, you know, he knew who he was a couple years ago, saw him play for Ajax. All you had to do was watch him in the Champions League um, a couple years ago and uh, saw him in a few games last year. You know, he, he looked great. You know, that's why they paid so much so much money for him. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was something that Solskjaer wanted. I don't think that, I'm not sure if he wanted him at the club, because I think if he did, you know, obviously he would be playing a lot more. But but the young man only gets a few runs um, ever so often. So, you know, it's. It, he has no rhythm, no groove right now, and that's I think what's what's hurting Man United when you give Fernandez a like you know play like Fernandez a break and a rest, you know not having someone behind him that that's been very consistent for you this season. I think that's what the issue is, yeah. um, and that's clear what happened. And you know he probably did take uh, Lester kind of lightly because this is you know Madison's been out, uh, Barnes has been out as well, so he's probably like yeah you know some slight but. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. What looks slight was Man United. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And, you know, it's going to be interesting how they move over from this international base coming up. So, obviously, give the players rest. Yeah. But then, uh, still. Sorry, but Ian Nacho had a great game. Exactly. He had he had a brace, and he uh, he assisted uh, T. Lennon's goal, and he almost assisted uh, the opportunity that, that Jamie Vardy missed. You yeah. Know? Jamie Vardy missed the sitter, and that's very unusual from Jamie Vardy because right. Jamie Vardy... He's growing a beard now. I don't know what's going on with, <laughs> with the beard, but... Let's go back to the baby face. Yeah, just go back to the baby face. That's when you were clinical. You'll be netting the shots again. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he just grows beard, he just can't score. That's the thing. But no, Lester looked good this game. And, you know, it just makes you question what Ole Gunnar is going to go forward, how he's going to deal with big games in Europa League, yeah. rest for players and all that for United. Yeah, he just has to come up with a better strategy and make sure he gets it right because... You know, FA Cup's only one game, but, you know, Europa League's going to be two. So hopefully we'll get those right and and hopefully he progresses in that as well, which is only... He can still win, I guess, the Prem, but come on, let's be real. Yeah. No one's going to catch up to Man City. <laughs> we, we, we already know the Prem is in the lock. Yeah. The Prem's a lock. This but, is like the Liga. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, on to the last two games, because both of these games were absolutely boring. <laughs> um, Chelsea versus and Southampton both advancing over their respective opponents. So Chelsea beating Sheffield United 2-0. And Southampton being Bournemouth 3-0. Both just destroyed their opponents. It was just leaps and bounds better than their opponent. It wasn't even close. I watched the highlights and I was like, these games are just boring. It was just one team just annihilating another team. Yeah. Um you know, at least what I liked about the Chelsea game was I saw uh, Hakim Ziyech back on the score sheet. So, mm-hmm. like the celebration, like it was shushing up the fans mm-hmm. or the critics. So, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He's, That's, a, he's a great player. So. He, is, he is a good player, but I guess he just hasn't gotten a lot of love this season because yeah. he's been so inconsistent. And, yeah, and and that's, you know, that's normal too. You know, it's his first year at uh, at Chelsea, a different league, different country. You know, it's going to take time to, to adjust. And adapt to everything, but you know he's looking. He's looking alright. He's looking better than what he did at the beginning of the season. So yeah, that's true. Hopefully, we'll pick it up and become a regular starter yeah. for the for the for the squad. That's true. But yeah, like we said, both these games, one team just dominated another. Both the prem sides dominated this, the their opponents, and well, South Sheffield is a 
Prem side, but they're about to get relegated. So oh, for sure. <laughs> so it's like literally a sitting last place. I'm surprised I got it this far. Exactly. I was <laughs> like, they made it to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Interesting. But yeah, so that was it for the FA Cup. We got the semifinal matches announced, and the semifinals are happening March, April 17th. So we have Leicester versus Southampton and Chelsea versus Man City. That's Ooh. a game. Ooh. Yeah, Chelsea Man City sounds more like a final than a than a. In a semifinal, but you know, yeah. we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm predicting Leicester's in advance in Man City. We'll have a Leicester Man City final. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I was thinking. I was like Leicester Man City. That's gonna be the final, and that's still a good game. It's a great game. Yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic final. But I was hoping the Chelsea, you know, Chelsea Man <laughs> City final. But yeah, that's for another competition. On the bright side, we'll get two really good back to back games. Yeah, that. The, Chelsea Man City and then we get the Leicester Man City. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's what we're hoping for. We yeah, that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping for. But you never know in the world of football. We literally experience this way too often. Oh yeah. But yeah, that was it for the FA Cup. Um follow the Instagram page. Another promo ad. Um we'll be posting some stuff about the episode on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Karen's Tertiary's podcast on Instagram. Banging content. Just follow us and you'll see. And but, uh, at the end of that, we'll be throwing some money too. So yeah, yeah, we'll be throwing for the contest so. for, for the, this week for the contest coming up. There's gonna be a cash pool, so y'all better listen up and be on the lookout for that. Yeah, buddy. But onto the one prem game. Well, one of the few prem games that happened. We did that <laughs> was actually insane. Right. This was a crazy game. <laughs> West Ham versus Arsenal, ending three three. Yeah. This game was literally a tale of two halves. Oh, literally yeah. two halves. One team dominated one half, the other team dominated the other half. Right. West Ham dominated the first half, literally three goals <laughs> in, what, 40 minutes? Right. <laughs> and then Arsenal come back and just dominate from that point on. Right. And it was just crazy. It was wild. Your boy Lingardino on the score sheet, right? He's what a banger. It's for the first one. That was yeah. a banger. Yeah, literally one touch, left foot. I was like, whoo, <laughs> what a shot. Yeah. But you no, know, they West Ham played really well for the first thirty minutes, and then all of a sudden, after that, they sort of just yeah, fell asleep. Hill, man. Yeah, fell asleep. They forgot there was a second half to this game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Freaking. Um, they had two own goals. Mm-hmm. One from Dawson again, who unfortunately scored the own goal against the United game. Right. Um. So that's back to back own goals for him in two <laughs> weeks, and then another own goal. Um. It was uh. Who was it? I forget which one it was, but it was a cross in, and then Aubameyang was standing on the back post. But their center back was like, oh yeah, like didn't, slid in, like tapped yeah, it in. Right? Yeah, didn't know what was behind him, tapped it in, and then Lacazette with a header yeah. for the last goal. It was that was a nice header. Yeah, yeah. And but it was just like, how do you let that game slip away from you if you're West Ham? It's crazy. Yeah, especially you know, you're fighting for Europe right now. You know, the you're one of the, the they're not the best club. That's you know, in the in the top five, you know, race, but they're up there, you know, and they gotta, you know, if you're if you're up three 0 you can't just let go of the second half like that. Like, those would have been three vital points, you know, um, going into later in the season where it's gonna be, you know, crazy. But but uh, it sucks for them, you know. That's not good. But good for Lacazette, you know, he inspired the comeback. Um, player that's been playing pretty well, but very inconsistent, just like Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, pretty. But, well. um, but yeah, good to see him come back. He inspired the comeback. I thought he actually had that volley, you know, with uh, Dawson's uh, own goal. I thought it was a, I thought it was a clean volley at first. I thought it was a banger, and then you saw the replay. Looked like it could, it was going out of bounds, which is why I was deemed a, a non goal. But, but yeah, good for him and good for Arsenal to at least get a point back. Yeah, 
that was an awful, awful, awful first half. Yeah, not gonna lie, West Ham's goals were nice. You yeah. can't even lie, they were nice goals. And Mikel Antonio scoring a banger. Yeah. Um, it was a the third goal. It was off a free, a quick free kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lingard just played it down, gave it to um, Bowen, and Bowen just no one was paying attention. Just the awareness, yeah, yeah, the awareness. And I was like, "Yo, West Ham is gonna win this game." I was right. like, "There is no way they're gonna fail this." And then all of a sudden, their defense just sort of just fell asleep and yeah. just allowed three unanswered goals to come back to back to back. And crazy too, you know, because they play Arsenal played so well against Tottenham, you know, and Tottenham obviously isn't the best squad in the. In the Prem this season, even though they have some great players, but you know they looked strong against them. They they all played them. So I was going into this game, you know, because West Ham was looking pretty bad. You know, weren't looking at their like like their best uh, their last few games. So I thought, you know, Arsenal can win this game, and they should win this game, especially with the way they've been playing recently under Arteta. But you know, at least you know couldn't get it done. Or at least they're able to get back and and get a point from this game, but it's got to be better for them, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree on that. And speaking of which, if West Ham would have won that game, that would have put them level with Chelsea. That would have put them in 51 points. Yeah. And that would have given them a clear gap between um, 5th and 6th. Yeah, but now right. Tottenham is only one point out from 5th place. So yeah. that's mass. And then Arsenal is only, what, 7 points? Yeah. 7 points out. So in ninth, So it's not that far off. If they would have won this game, it would have been drastic for the table. Yeah. Because that would have given them a cushion. Between, a cushion. A cushion. A cushion. Between. Uh, <laughs> hey, don't. don't uh, okay. They would have given them a cushion between 6th <laughs> uh, and 5th. Yeah. And at least, you know, not have to worry so much. But now they're even on game. Tottenham's even on games with West Ham. And obviously, Tottenham's. Technically, the better squad than West Ham. Yeah. So you never know what's going to happen later on in the season. Yeah, because Tottenham's you know just one point away from them, and then you got Liverpool and Everton that are tied at forty six points right below them. So I mean, maybe it's a good thing they didn't win. You know, it's going to make the that little race a lot a lot tighter. So we'll see. You know, mm-hmm. as a, as spectators and as you know, we're not fans of either one of those teams, but you know, seeing that it does make it a bit more exciting. But it just sucks for West Ham that they weren't able to get that done. So. Yeah, it's that, it sucks for them because that probably would have solidified them a spot in Europe. Mm-hmm. And now they're fine. Now they have to fight to get a spot in Europe, yeah. and that's one game can change everything. And this, I think, is a turning point. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, as a turning point, and yeah, so that was literally the lone game that we that really happened in the Prem that we found exciting. Yeah, we got our school lines completely off oh, of that. So I thought it was going to be Arsenal destroying them, but yeah, me too. Yeah, literally just bad form from the defense once again, and then turning it on in the second half yeah should never i guess you should never doubt lingardino ever again (laughs) (laughs) i said said lingard was gonna score you did so yes i never doubt lingardino (laughs) but yeah that that was a game that happened prem now onto the Serie A and one of the craziest upsets Mm -hmm. of literally the entire season in my opinion juventus losing one new to Benevento. What is up with that? What the hell just happened? What is up with their, with their, you know, the center mids or just their, their players, just not being aware? Yeah, I don't know, but let me give you some of the stats. Give it to me. Juventus had seventy four percent possession in this game. They had twenty one shots. Seven of them were on target. That's awful. Benevento had twenty six percent possession, seven shots, and one of their shots was on target. And what do you think the one shot was? It, uh, it was I would say it's the one that will turn out to be a goal. It, that, that was literally the only shot on target <laughs> the entire game. What? Like, seriously, what is going on? 
it was just crazy because they just kept missing chances. Ronaldo and Morata just kept missing chances. Easy chances. And then, once again, we've been saying that this entire season, this entire podcast, Juventus can only lose if they lose to themselves. Yeah. That's literally the entire thing against Porto. They got knocked out. They got knocked out because of themselves. Yeah. And it's just crazy because on paper, Benevento, Benevento is a lower end tier. They're in the lower half of the table. Like 13th place? I think so, somewhere around there. But literally, and then Juventus, obviously in third place, it's just crazy. Sorry, I lied. They're in 16th place. 16th place. <laughs> and Juventus is in third, contending for this uh, Scudetto. Right. And literally, it was just a terrible... I don't know what Arthur was doing. Yeah. He literally had it in the corner, tried to give it to the um, center back. Yeah. And literally just soft pass, gave it directly to the striker. Nice turn by the striker to fend oh, yeah. off the defender. Mm-hmm. And then just bangs it near post against Chesney. <laughs> and I, I was like, what? I was like, that was the goal. And I was like, another Juventus mistake gives loses them three points. Right, exactly, you know. And it's not the first time we've seen it. We saw it, uh, like you said, you know, against Porto. We saw that against Inter, but Inter, obviously, they, they, Inter lost that game. But it's just something that consistently, is, you know, keeps happening. And, you know, the reason why they have Pirlo at, at Juventus is so that they can play a bit more, bit more attractive football, not as defensive, and, you know, I think it'll come with time, but they just keep making these mistakes, you know, and they need to sort it out sooner yeah. or later. Yeah, they're midfield. It was once again, it's coming from a midfield player, right. Arthur, and we love Arthur. He's oh, Barca yeah. Barca boy. Sadly, we had to give him away to Juve, but you know, it's another mistake from their midfield. You know, it just shows the inconsistency in their midfield, yeah. and now they don't have a solid midfielder in the in their rotation. Yeah, they don't have a. I feel like they don't have, a, have like a solid lineup in their midfield. You know, I feel like it's just constantly rotating because he's probably trying to figure out what works best for him still. But these little mistakes just don't look good, you know. And now they're what ten points behind Inter. Mm-hmm. They're it's Inter's in first with sixty five, and they're sitting in third with fifty five. So unless Inter does something dramatically and loses a bunch of points, I don't see them coming up and winning this. It, Scudetto. Yeah, it's just crazy because obviously the, coming into the season, you would think Juventus would be, you know, with the lineup that they have and Pirlo, yeah. you would think they'd be playing better. And an upset like this just doesn't suit well for him. Yeah, and, and you know, I, like I said, I think it will need time. This is his first real managerial position. So I don't think they get rid of him, but, you know, he's definitely got to, they definitely have to clean some things up to, yeah. to you know, be. Not just contenders in Champions League, but sounds like even now in the in the Serie A. So yeah, the Serie A is getting tougher. It's not getting easier. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they still got Coppa Italia at the final, but you know, I'm sure that they, you know, Ronaldo and a bunch of the players, you know, because they have great players, they want to win more than just the Coppa Italia. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the Coppa Italia, and no lie, Coppa Italia, it's against Atalanta. Exactly. So and, and Atalanta could win that game. You know, we've they didn't look too hot in Champions League. Because they got, you know, they got in their ways as well. But, um, you know, any given day, they could definitely go go to that final and beat Juventus. So, it could get tough. It exactly. could be a pretty bad season for them. Yeah, it's gonna. You, Perlo's definitely gonna be on the hot seat if he doesn't win that, or you know, at least hold the Champions League spot in uh, Serie A. So, yeah. we'll see how Juve does next week. Because yeah, we'll see how patient you know the board will be. 
with him because this is a long-term project with Pirlo, but you know they are expected to, to win something you know they won the Supercoppa the Italia but you know yeah. they gotta win the Copa you know you get, besides Copa Italia you know they got Serie A Champions League you got Ronaldo there to be better for, for the Champions League obviously out of that Serie A it's getting worse and worse so yeah. the thing they got relying on now is uh, Copa Italia really so yeah. and placing a spot in Europe so yeah Freaking nervous times for Juventus. Wow. Nervous times. But on to the next Serie A game, which was uh, Florentina. Fiorentina. I thought it was Florentina, but Fiorentina. it's Fiorentina versus <laughs> AC Milan. Uh, that game ended 3 2 to AC. What yeah. a wild game. wild game. But yeah, AC Milan was actually down 2 1. Mm-hmm. And they came back, roaring back. Yeah. Uh, here's some stats for y'all. So AC Milan had 61% possession, 13 shots, and three shots were on target. <laughs> and then for Fiorentina, even better. 39% possession, 7 shots, 2 shots on target. Both, all the shots that are on target went in. <laughs> literally. Literally, the goalkeepers had a really, really bad day. Oh, jeez. Like, I'm mad them. It was just bad. But, yeah, just AC Milan able to capitalize, close the gap between them and yeah. Inter. And even though Inter now has a game in hand because mm-hmm. they played one more game. Right. Um, yeah, it was just good for AC because after being knocked out in... Europa League, you lose a bunch of game before this game. It's good to have, you know, a close game that you actually win. Right. Even though they had that against Roma. But Fiorentina's not a bad team either. But it's just good that they're able to win this game. It's a good confidence booster. Exactly. Especially coming back, you know, it gives a, it gives a team a more sense of belief. So, you know, good for them. Yeah, good for them. Eber scoring his 15th goal in the season. Mm-hmm. So, always... Always good to see we that. Had some, we had some old guys playing this game, you know, 39-year-old Ibra and 37-year-old Ribéry, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ribéry scoring too. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Like, celebration was kind of funny. Little steps he was making, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's an old man. Yeah. Old man, but still a baller. But yeah, it was just, you know, good win for AC. Fiorentina didn't play bad either. No. They didn't play a bad game. It was just even. Yeah. Even though the stats show AC Milan had more possession... Um, obviously, AC Milan being the more dominant side against Fiorentina, right. but you know it was an even game. Yeah, exactly. So, and it was good to see you know AC the confidence boost for them, and yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, they can pull something out, and you know. But I think the Serie A is already locked, so we'll see about that. But every time we say that, something, something crazy, crazy happens. Yeah. So we 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 don't know what's going on. But <laughs> the final game in Serie A, which was the most intriguing was Roma versus Napoli and Napoli winning out winning 2-0. That's yeah. crazy cuz um Napoli I think won last time we covered them they won the last two games. Yeah. They beat AC and they beat Roma. Right. So they're playing really well. Um Roma had 53% possession, eight shots, three shots on target and Napoli had 47% possession, 11 shots, five on target. So even though it looked like an even game, Napoli actually really dominated with majority of the chances that they had this game. They controlled the tempo. Um, Jeez Merton scoring a brace. Um, lovely goal. Even though the second one like, barely saved off the line. Yeah. I don't know why he headed it back to the keep when he should have just headed it straight. But right. <laughs> at least it's what happens when you're short. But yeah, um, no, they played well. Um, yeah, just Napoli just playing well for Gattuso, I think. It's just slowly getting there you know they're in fifth place um obviously getting knocked down in europa league is not the best right <laughs> you know not the best feeling but having two major victories against uh ac and the other one being against roma yeah i think it's a good confidence booster for the club yeah and it's and, you know it wasn't it wasn't important win because they were tied with points 
and to secure that fifth place spot for now, you know. So uh, for them to come up and to to win, you know, disappointing for Roma because um, we've seen them play well. You know, they advanced in, in Europa League. Um, you know, they played well, even though I believe they lost to AC Milan, right? They uh, they played well that game. So, you know, going into this game, I thought they were going to do a lot better, but looking a little fatigued from the games from midweek. And then Napoli just took advantage um, and won, you know, 2-0. So, so good for them. Good for Gattuso. Hopefully he can leave on a positive note with, with at least getting the team into 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 Europe next season. So I think that's the goal for them right now and to, to keep getting as many points as possible and yeah. not to drop. Yeah, I agree on that. So let me recite the standings from second place to sixth place. So you have AC Milan in second place with 59. Juventus with third place with 55. Atalanta in fourth place with 55. Napoli in fifth place with 53. And then Roma in sixth with 50. And then Lazio's in seventh with 49. So just from second to seventh, it's 10 points. Right. So it's extremely tight for the contention spots in Europe. Yeah, I agree. Who do you think is going to come in fourth and fifth? Even <laughs> third. Who do, what do you think... Uh... From second to fifth, who do you, how do you think it's going to end up? Second to fifth. So, I say second place, it's going to be Juve. Mm-hmm. Third place, Atalanta, AC, then Napoli. Napoli's going fifth? Napoli's going to stay in fifth. Okay. What do you think? No, yeah. I'd say, you know, I think we're both agreeing Inter's going to come out first. Um... I'll switch it up. I'll do Milan second, Juventus third, fourth, Atalanta fifth, Napoli. So you're just the exact same. Yeah, literally, it's just gonna <laughs> stay, exactly. just gonna stay the same. I mean, hey, you never know. But. I think Juventus will jump up and and pass Milan, but I don't wanna. I don't wanna be just like that, you, know? <laughs> you. Yeah, I think to be honest, I think Juve is gonna jump up. And I think, yeah, for sure. I think they're gonna um they're gonna overtake Milan because Milan. Yes, they had a good win. Juventus has a game in hand, too. So Yeah, so Juve still has a game in hand. So you never know what's going to happen. Right. It's just going to be, you know, literally a table to the death. Yeah. To, literally to the end. It, yeah. You will not know who is going to be in Europe until the very end. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what, what it is, too, with, uh, you know, not just Serie A. Premier League's looking that way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, La Liga's looking a little bit different. So. Yeah, Liga is a little different, but we're getting into that a little bit. Yeah. In very shortly. But yeah, it was just good for Napoli. Good to have them win. You know, being informed since Caduto. We said last week Caduto was leaving at the end of the season. So yeah, just good. Just good play from them. Yeah, they're good. Um, yeah. yeah. So the goal now is not to drop points because they still got Roma behind them. They just lost three points away. So a couple slips and Roma can can, can creep up into that Europe, Europe Ex- spot. So. Exactly. Exactly. So that's it for the Serie A. Um, another promo. Follow our Instagram page, Karen Theater Podcast. I just got a promo all the time. So of course you do what you gotta do. Freaking gotta make sure you follow us. But <laughs> we're on to the Liga and some major games happen. Yep. So first off, we have Celta Vigo versus Madrid. Uh Real Madrid, not Atletico Madrid. Um Real Madrid winning three one against Celta Vigo. Here's some stats about the game. So Celta Vigo with fifty one percent possession, eight shots, three shots on goal. Real Madrid forty nine percent possession, sixteen shots. Four on goal. Um, yeah, not gonna lie, it was a very. It could have gone either way, but if Madrid did not have did not have Kareem Benzema in the lineup, Madrid would not be where they are right now. Yeah, 
I agree. Um, you know, just with Benzema and, and, and some of the other players like Ramos, they're just a, a, like a much better team. I think it gives the other players, you know, more confidence going into the game, knowing that they have those two leaders on the pitch with them. And I think it gets them that extra boost, which is how they, you know, through one game, Sotovio could have definitely at least tied, um, you know, made Madrid drop some points. But um, it just makes the, conf- the the players feel more confident, uh, more at ease with those guys on the pitch with them. And, yeah, good for them, but not good for us. Yeah, not good for <laughs> But it just makes you question, if you don't have Benzema, and Benzema is obviously an older player, what do you do? If you're Zinedine Zidane on the board, what do you do if you don't have Kareem Benzema on the on the field? You invest. <laughs> invest. You go out and buy players. You have to go buy another player because I mean, you know, Benzema's getting older, um, and they're gonna need someone to, to score goals. You know, you can't rely on Hazard. He's had a pretty, he's had a bad time since been since he's been in Madrid. Vinicius, you know, lovely creative player, but dude just can't score. Um, Asensio, you know, he got hurt a couple years ago. He like tore his ACL or something. Ever since then, he hasn't looked the same. Isco, you know, it's not something that you rely to put goals, put goals away. The only guys that they have that can that can really do something, that can score, and that we've seen them do it in the past is probably Cruz, uh, Modric, or relying on you know a PK or a set piece that that um, Sergio Ramos can get in the back of and put it away. So yeah, that, yeah, it's just crazy because literally, besides Kareem Benzema, your second, your best attacking threat is a center back right and that's just kind of sad because you have all these they have you know rodrigo and all these young players but they can't finish it's just crazy because if benzema wasn't in this game they probably wouldn't have scored those goals even in the even in their most recent comebacks you know benzema's been having braces um same in the champions league against atalanta he scored a goal Ever since he's been back, he's been putting you know his chances away. But like you said, you know if you don't have a player like that, you can't really rely on any of the other guys to to put it away for you. They just over reliant on their midfield, and their two guys that are already in their thirties, you know, pushing towards the end of their careers. They still look good, you know. Modric still looks, still runs, you know, box to box almost every game. Cruz, you know, looks good as well. But you know the guys are getting older. You can't rely on that as well because that's what Barca did and. You know, with Xavi and Yesa, they're over too over too over reliant on those guys, and then you know it's you, you can see now it's taken a long time to to you know to fix their their, their whole starting eleven because they're too over reliant on these older guys that you know they're not getting any younger. So I think they need to start investing in some quality young players, and and yeah, you know they tried doing that with Luka Jovic, that hasn't turned out well. So we'll see what they do. Yeah, they we'll might see. splash some money for Erling Haaland, but yeah, and. You never know what's going to happen with Madrid. Mbappe, you know, you never know. Yeah, you never know. But, yeah, you know, just shaky again with Madrid. To be honest, I don't think I've seen a full, confident Madrid side, like, game in, like, a while. Oh, yeah. From that, for 90 minutes. Yeah. Like, Madrid just being like, we're going to dominate this team no matter what. You can say the freaking Champions League game, but they were already winning and, you know. But but they didn't look confident. They had, Atalanta had chances to score on them and... They could have changed the whole dynamic of the game. And Madrid didn't go into that game confident from the get-go, which is how, you know, when Grossens missed that opportunity, that would have changed up the whole dynamic of the, of the leg, um, of the tie, really. And, um, yeah, and then after that, they saw that Atalanta wasn't really penetrating anything, and then that's when they started gaining some confidence. And, you know, it's just got to be better for Madrid, but... Yeah, just hopefully, hopefully they'll drop some points. Hopefully they drop <laughs> points, but I think it's just another over reliance on players, and we think we're seeing that a lot more 
at Madrid. And it's dangerous to play that game. Yeah. Because you never know what's good. Father time always wins. Right. And you never know what's going to happen. But, you know, they come out with three points. But they could have definitely tied this game. And, you know, it's just, it just is what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, on to the other Madrid team. Atletico Madrid versus Alaves. Uh, Atletico Madrid winning 1-0. Some stats. Atletico Madrid with 62% possession. Eight shots, four on target. Alaves with 38% possession, nine shots, three on target. Yeah, not gonna lie, Atletico Madrid had chances that they could not finish. But yeah. literally, Savage could have ruined the entire game yeah. again. What did he do this time, man? He uh, so he was fending off a striker, and so it was a ball. So it was uh, it was a through ball, and Savage had his elbows up again. He elbows the dude <laughs> in the face in the penalty area. And awards a PK. But thankfully, Yano Black saved the penalty. So they didn't have to worry about dropping points. Because if they would have tied that game, I think Diego Simeone would have thrown Savage through a freaking window. Right. It's like, bro, you literally just got sent off against Chelsea for an elbow. And you open this guy in the face in the box. Like, what are you doing? Keep your elbows down. Exactly. I'm like, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's a big dude. This isn't basketball, bro. Exactly. Yeah. This ain't basketball. You're not supposed to elbow people. You're right. not supposed to use your arms. Right. But, you know, it was just, they had chances to score, but they just couldn't do anything. How great would it have been if they dropped points this game? Oh, my God. If they would have dropped points this game, oh, my God. Oh. I, I think I would be the happiest man. Especially against the team that I who is not that strong. And to, you know, if they would have came off with the... With a tie, oh, it would have been great for. Yeah, when I had that penalty, I thought, "Oh my God, this is the we're gonna yeah. win." You know, this is the drop. You know, they're gonna draw. This is gonna. And then yeah. Yano Black, he, he literally had his foot. If his foot was off the line, I would have been like, "Oh my God!" And then right. they would have made. It, I would have been like, "That's crazy." But his foot was on the line, <laughs> behind the line. But it was just, yeah, it was just crazy because you know, Atletico Madrid they did play good, yeah. but it's just like quite. It just makes you question more and more. Why the hell? Doesn't Diego Simeone play this more often? Right. It yeah. Just questions. Why doesn't Diego Simeone do this more often? I don't. I don't know, man. I think he's just. He's not. I don't think he's a coach that likes to make. He doesn't like change. Doesn't like to take risks as much, which is why he doesn't play it that more often. You see him do it against the, against the smaller clubs. But if it's a club that, uh, is kind of up there with them, he's kind of he's pretty hesitant. So I think he just has to trust himself, trust his players to to go out there and get the job done. But yeah, but I mean, he has a good team. Yeah, he has, he has, he has a great team. Exactly, he has a great team. You can't even deny it. He has a great team, but he just doesn't put them in the best, you know, situations that allow them to thrive. Right, and it just makes you question: Why didn't you play like this against Chelsea? Right, exactly. Like, example: Why didn't you play like this against Alaves against Chelsea? I played that against Madrid. Exactly, and the, and the Madrid derby. You know, you know, he's he's too. He, it's like if and when they played against Madrid, that was a perfect time to for him to, you know. Take full advantage and to just penetrate them, but he didn't. But but yeah, what can you do? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, swap. You have Luis Suarez, one of the best goal scorers, right, in the Liga history. Well, the Liga history, but one of the best strikers in the world ever played the game. Exactly, <laughs> and you don't even use him. You have him play defense right. against Chelsea, but against Alaves, you have him playing as a true striker. Right, and I'm just like, why didn't you just? do that against Chelsea. Right. Yeah, and he, was, he was hesitant in the first leg. That bit him in the butt. Second leg didn't look good at all. Exactly. And I'm like, listen, Luis Suarez 
And he played good this game. He scored the goal. Mm-hmm. It was he a banger. Five hundredth goal. Exactly. It yeah. was a banger. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was like it's too bad for Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tripper. Uh, Kieran. Uh, Kieran Tripper. Trippier. <laughs> uh, Tierney. Kieran Tierney is also his Arsenal player. Arsenal, but, yeah. Yeah, but Kieran Trippier freaking messed up his arm. Oh yeah. Bad. It looked bad. Ugh. I was like, we get his arm literally uh, got stuck in the ground. Yeah, I was like, oh. I didn't want to think about it anymore. Yeah, it was just bad. But you know, hopefully, he makes a good recovery because yeah. usually. But those injuries, those don't end. Those don't oh, heal. Yeah. Those they take a they while. They take a while. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Happened to a buddy of mine. So yeah, it's not bueno. How did you notice that? Sweet, that Luis Suarez uh, switched his boots at halftime. Really? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, he did. He was playing with the. Uh, so he was still wearing Puma boots, right? But uh, it was really cool. Puma made uh, some special edition boots for for Luis Suarez for scoring his 500th career goal. And at half, he came out and he was rocking. I think he was rocking like Gila boots in the first half, and then he came out rocking some white. Uh, blue and yellow boots. Um, it was basically like a Uruguayan flag on his shoes. So. Yeah, that's kind of dope. They were pretty nice, yeah. They were pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty dope. Look them up if you haven't checked them out, but... I'll probably have to cop them. Pumas are comfy. They are comfy. Yeah. And I do like making some Pumas, but right now I'm rocking uh, some um, Adi Zeros. Adi Zeros, yeah. yeah. I just tore my boots last night, guys, so <laughs> pretty upset. Oh, no. That's no way, no. But onto the game that was the best. Enough about boots. But the game that we, <laughs> as Barca fans, were so proud of. We were just, I was elated. 6-1 against Real Sociedad. 6-1! 6-1. Oh my Get god. Get in, son. <laughs> Man, everything that we shot was going in. Yeah, I love Everything. It. You know, and this wasn't like, it wasn't like they were playing last place, you know, whoever's in last, Huesca. They played against Real Sociedad, who's, what, in fifth? Mm-hmm. They're sitting in fifth, a couple points ahead of uh, Real Betis. And uh, yeah, they're looking. They looked great, man. You know, Sociedad, especially going to Anoeta. You know, recently we've been doing well, but in the past, you know, we used to go over there and get our, our you know, behinds handed to us. So it was rough. But now them going in there, winning six one. You know, with a team that's on a good in good form right now, I would say um, it's great. It's looking promising. We just gotta hope that uh, the other teams, uh, you know, Madrid and Atletico Madrid, drop points and. We just gotta hope that uh, we do we win a trophy in the couple of day, knock on wood. But uh, but yeah, they look great, man. Messi with the brace. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else had a brace? Uh, Serginho Des. Serginho Des, the American. Serginho Des. Serginho Des had the uh, had the brace, and then Griezmann put one away, uh, and Dembele put one away as well. So the whole the whole squad looked great this game. It looked fantastic. Yeah. Bringing uh, Messi's last goal. Oof. What a pass. Oh, yeah. Ricky Pooj, that ball in yeah. the Java was yeah. just so nice. Yeah. On the money. It was funny. I saw this uh, this video on, on Twitter. It was like a goal made in La Masia. It had uh, Iax was in it, Leo, Ricky Pooj, and Jordi Alba, who did have a spell in La Masia when he was a younger lad. So, yeah, it was, good to see. Yeah, but there were some shaky parts in the game. Yeah. Um, Frankie de Jong gave it away early yeah. on. I thought it was just me like, oh, no. I was like, please, no. Right. But then, uh, yeah, and then thank God to staying made it godly save yeah Ter is a beast Ter Stegen is a beast he made two godly saves yeah. in the early part of the game that really saved you know Bar- obviously helped Barca get this 6-1 victory but yeah he just played well in the back right. and you know it just shows obviously having Sergio Des score a brace right you know having him play well it's obviously a good sign because he's young get your young players I like how Komen this entire season has allowed his young players to really flourish. Yeah. And I love that. Right. Because that's what Barca was about back in 
you know, the good old days, 2009, right. was exactly. allowing the young players to get in the starting lineup and just play. Heck yeah. And, you know, I'm really excited for that going into the future because, you know, you got players like Ansu Fati coming back, who, who was uh, who's injured. Um, Araujo's fit again or, you know, getting fit. You know, you got Pedri, who just got called up for the, for the men's national team the the senior at senior level. And then you've got, uh, you know, Ricky Puig, who's, you know, getting some more playing time. Yikes, who's been pretty consistent. You know, he's been getting some minutes in there as well. So, uh, you know, Mingesa. You know, sometimes a lot of these players have... We've we've needed players because we were we were running short because of injuries, but they've came out and they've balled, you know. They haven't gone out there and flopped. They've been doing well, you know, for being young guys, getting some minutes in there. They're looking they're looking very strong. So, looking into a a bright future for us Barca fans, I I hope. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, hopefully they continue this form because obviously later on in the schedule we face Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid. And Madrid yeah. So hopefully. This gives us a major confidence boost. I both think this, wins are, are both games are winnable, hundred percent. Yeah, both and the form we're in, there's no way Atletico Madrid or Real Madrid is beating Barca. You know, six one against Sociedad. I don't think Real Madrid or Atletico Madrid can put six against Sociedad. Yeah, you're right. So, so you know, that just shows how on a good day, Barca is still Barca. Right. You know, Messi obviously having the brace, two bangers, so right. Just you gotta love to see it as Barca fans, right? Right. You know, and no longer in the Champions League, so they're only focusing on the Liga right now, which is nice. Madrid's a team that uh, is only you know have to focus on Champions League and La Liga, so things might be getting a little tough for them. And they got the the easier side of the bracket for for the Champions League. We'll get to that later, but um, but yeah, man. You know, if Atletico drops points as they sh- could have against Alaves, then we could have been we could have been tied with points. So. Yeah, they may they may drop points because if you look at their schedule, they face Sevilla and they face Betis back to back weeks. Madrid does right. I thought go Madrid, and then we have obviously we have uh, the lead and the Madrid Derby, a Clasico. So, I, to be honest, I would take Barca's schedule over Atletico's oh, yeah. schedule any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just good performance. Yeah, let's just hope that going into the international break doesn't mess with us because I feel like. For Barca, it always happens. They go into the international break and they come back, and then it don't look as strong as they as they first did. But yeah, I mean, this, this is not the case this time. Yeah, I didn't even say the stats for this game. <laughs> Some of the stats, man. So Barca had sixty nine percent possession, fourteen shots, ten on target. Damn, dang, that's crazy accurate. Yeah, and good. then uh, Sociedad had thirty one percent possession, ten shots, five on target. So there, the goal they had was a banger too. Who was it? Yanuzai. Mm-hmm. No, my God, what a, that was a rocket. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, Torsegan couldn't get to it, but you know, that was a shot that was out of this world yeah that was a banger placed beautifully so yeah you can't do nothing about that and the table as of right now you have Atletico Madrid with 66 points Barca behind with 62 and then Real Madrid with 60 and then uh Sevilla with 55 which is and Sevilla securing the point that uh that they oh yeah <laughs> that they the, needed the, to. literally another point that happened this weekend was the goalkeeper big boy Bono Bono from Sevilla the keeper that, you know, really didn't play well against Barca in the right? <laughs> but he scored a half volley yeah. off a rebound yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it and gets the point against v- Bio- uh, Villarreal. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god. I literally saw it. I was like, yo, you gotta be kidding me. Right. I was like, there's no way. Great that technique. That- <laughs> it was great technique. He literally just got it, composed, right in the corner, 
Props to him. Yeah, good finish, my guy. It was an excellent finish. I was like, <laughs> wow, I was not expecting that. Right, not at all. Especially from a keeper. Everyone was like, once you, as soon as you get to the keeper, he's like, oh, he's going to miss that. Right. Then, Unless it's a header. Then it's like, all right. Then, you know, if it's like a tall goalkeeper like Oblak or a, or a, a Courtois, you're thinking, okay, he might have a chance. But not when it, when it comes out to him. He has to hit a half volley. <laughs> a half volley on the first time, literally first touch. Yeah. Half volley. It makes sense, though. You know, a lot of keepers these days, when they, uh, when they do their punts, they're half volleys. So he probably just knew how to connect perfectly. Ends up hitting it, goes in. So. Yeah, but that was just absolutely <laughs> crazy. Right. Because I saw, I saw the replay. I was like, wow. I was just shocked. I was like, I can't believe a keeper just scored a half volley. Yeah, but good for Sevilla, though, because that opens up the gap, you know, between them and uh, Sociedad. Mm-hmm. By how many points? Five? Ten points. Ten points. Oh, shoot. Yeah, so it's not really close. No, not close at all, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, better, good for better for it to be seven than ten. Yeah, that is true. Or ten than seven. Yeah, yeah ten than seven. Yeah. Even though Sociedad got smacked. Oh, yeah. They got clapped. They got clapped. But, yeah, that's crazy. And those are the standings. And that is the end of the episode. And, Chris, any words you want to say about the little contest we have going on? Or you want to talk about that Thursday? We'll talk about that Thursday. We'll keep you guys uh, on the cliffhanger. Yeah, on the cliffhanger. Just just stay tuned. And we're going to be posting it on our Instagram page as well. Um, So make sure you listen to us on Thursday. Um Wherever you are. Yeah, wherever you are, <laughs> listen to us on Thursday because it's about to be a little hint. You can win some money from us. And yeah, it may be a decent amount of money. So you might want to, you know, enter get, the contest. Yeah, definitely enter the contest. To win some money. Yeah, to win some money. So be on the lookout. But that is the episode. Chris, any final words for the people? Uh, KTP, baby. KTP, baby. All right. We love y'all. Stay safe and peace. Peace out.